You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's episode, Father Paul continues his discussion of Genesis chapter 23. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. He rose and bound to the Hittites, Am Haaretz, or Am Haaris, the people of the land. It is fantastic. This is the term we shall hear later in Jeremiah referring to the Judahites that stayed in the land and did not go to Babylon. Notice the power of this qualification of the Hittites. And this was way before Exodus and way before the entrance to the land. There is no way that you could perceive this as a possession, but as an inheritance given to you as a gift from God through Ephraim the Hittite. And notice the whole story is around death, the cemetery, okay, and the Afar, the Ephron. It's a great story to hear. It will be worth it to just hear it in the original. Actually, in my class of Hebrew, I'm going to concentrate on this chapter. We shall read it together. And he said to them, if you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me, Ephron, the son of Sohar. Sohar. Okay? Now, you have again, as most of the time, a double strike in Hebrew. Ephron is already not Adama, but even the dust of the Adama. Plus here we have the use of a word, Sahar, Sahor, which reflects the yellowish-red color. It is translated in Judges 5.10 as tawny. Tell of it, you who ride on tawny, tsuhorot asses, who you sit on rich carpets and you who walk by the way. Which means it's a double strike. Already Adam as We know from the Bible that the name Edom, Esau, the brother wanted lentils that are red, there is a play. It's the same thing as Adam, okay, Edom. Here the play is on another word that also reflects this color. So this gentleman, whatever his original name was, is presented as a triple strike. Number one, the Hittite. Number two, Ephron. Number three, 
the son of Sohar. It cannot be missed. Impossible for someone who knows the original language. That he may give me the gave of Makpelah. It is the hifail of the verb kapal kafal, which means double up, secure, ensure. The Arabic kafalat means guarantee. Like when you need a guarantee from someone in Arabic, kafala, al kafil, the one who gives you the guarantee. Accept him on my word. You know how you put a word for someone else. So the original is very interesting. In the cave, in the cave of Makpala, the Hifail of Kafal, which he owns. So the field will always remain, even in the Bible, as the field of Ephraim the Hittite. Were it not for Ephron, who would have accepted to give this land, even if Abraham decided to pay for it, then Abraham would not have had a place to bury his wife. And if not, then he could not say that this land is my land. So notice the importance of the original. An original here would hear it. An Arab would immediately guess that were it not, it's like today, for instance, if you want to buy and you don't have enough money, you ask someone else to give you the money you need. But then they want to make sure that you're not taking this as a loan because you're applying for a loan but you can't get enough loan. So technically, you have to sign a paper that you're giving this as a gift and not as a loan. You know the system. So please apply this to the text here. And don't say that ultimately Abraham purchased the land that it become his. Because if this offer would not have been made by the seller that you, besides the loan with the bank, would also ask a relative or a friend to give you the difference as a gift, although behind the back of the bank you will try to pay him back. It has to be presented this way. I give this example to help my hearers to realize what's going on and not we paid for it. It's like people do this, like in Israel, but we purchased a piece of land from this Palestinian and we paid them. And then when they don't pay, you take it anyway. <laughs> so let's be very serious about this passage. That Abraham remains a ger toshab in the field of Ephraim the Hittite. Okay, through Sarah, the mother of Isaac. It is at the end of his field 
Sade, very important field. It's a word that appears very early in Genesis. Field, if you like, it's more specific. Your piece of Adama, just to help my hearers to understand it. The way you use it in English, my field, my backyard, my garden, it's yours. Obviously, it's Adama still, but it's your part of the Adama. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as a possession for a burying place. We have the repetition of this previous Ahuzat Qaber. Notice the stress on the Qaber, a tomb. It's very funny because how could the buried person, because Abraham is going to be buried there soon, possess something? I remember once at uh, the seminary they had a summer institute about death, and everybody, Americans, tries that's the importance of death, dealing with death is really the most difficult thing because it, in death you lose everything. I said, friends, you're a big joke. You mean a dead is going to feel that he lost everything? And they looked at me, said, you make sense, Father Paul. I said, yes, that makes sense. But as one of the attendees said, in all the summer institutes, Everybody proceeds after the presentation of Father Paul, because I begin with scripture, as though Father Paul has not spoken. That is typical. And they went on and on and on. I was stressing that death is the death of punishment by God. But that's the mentality. And then they want to channel the gospel through these, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous can't be channeled. Your burial place, but it's yours. In which sense it is yours? Technically, you don't have it because you don't reside there. When you're going to reside there, you are not. How could it be yours? But it's a terminology to remind you that you don't possess anything. That's the whole thing. There is only one Malik. So the idea, the trick here in the text is that the word ahuzat, which is technically possession, is linked with that field to the extent to which it is your burial place, when as a dead person you have no property. And all this prepares for the great teaching that the only Malik in Israel, in the biblical Israel, cannot be according to the scriptural logic, except God who lives forever. I several times give again this example in the Middle East, when in those times you hear a bell ringing or a mosque sound, and then you don't know who died. All you know that someone died. And since you don't have an iPhone to figure out and get a text from your family, you just continue working in your field until the evening when you go home and you are told who died. But in the meantime, you have to say something. And the classic something people say in the Middle East, when you hear that someone died, 
Subhanul Hayyul Baqi. May he be praised, the only one who lives forever. What a majestic teaching from Genesis chapter 23. And who got it? Neither the Jews nor the Christians, but the Muslims. As simple as that. Let's see who died. It doesn't matter. Everybody is going to die. <laughs> Why should you see? Postpone it until the evening. Enjoy the day. But in the meantime, remember that death is a reminder that the only Malik is the one who lives forever. Now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites. Notice he had his value as being seated. And Ephron the Hittite, Please hear the repetition. And Ephron the Hittite, third time we hear Ephron the Hittite. Later, the author gets a little bit lazy because he made his point, he just called him Ephron. But we all know that this Ephron is Ephron the Hittite. Answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, of all who went in, at, at the gate of his city. And I spoke enough about the gate of the city. This is the official place where the elders met. No, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field and I give you the cave that is in it. In the presence of the sons of my people, I give it to you, bury your dead. Notice the insistence of Ephron that he wanted it to be a gift. And that is the important part of the story. Not so much the decision of Abraham. So this passage is not so much about Abraham, let alone Sarah, than it is about Ephron the Hittite. Now, once you heard it that way, at the hearing of many books later, at the hearing of the phrase, Uriah, the Hittite, remember that Uriah means the light of the Lord, the Hittite. There is no way you're not going to link these two stories together. Hebron is the inheritance of Abraham. Then Abraham bowed down, and we have this bowing down before the people of the land. And he said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, but if you will hear me, why? Because Abraham knows, if you are from the Middle East, if I insist that I give you something as a gift and you do not want it as a gift, you're never going to get it. This is what Europeans and North Americans can't fathom. But I paid for it. Paid for it does not secure the matter because I have to agree to sell it to you, right? Let's say, let's give examples. You decide to buy my car and I don't want to sell it to you. And then I sell it to someone else and you tell me, but I gave you more. And you sold it to someone else. I remember my cousin Zohdi Tarazi the representative of the PLO and then of Palestine and the United Nations, 
used to teach everybody that the apartment he bought in Manhattan was sold to him by an old Jewish lady and everybody was on her back and said why did you sell it to him and she said I just like the man <laughs> that's a factual story you cannot impose on her to sell it and you cannot buy her decision with money how many times the people would settle to sell their property to someone else because uh, even if they don't like them but they consider look he has four children and he needs her and you decide so let's make this clear especially in this land where we have a lot who are Zionists at heart we paid is ours no he said if you will hear me I will give the price of the field accept it from me that I may bury my dead there so ultimately it's the decision of Ephron the Hittite that counts and not the decision of Abraham Ephron answered Abraham my lord listen to me a piece of land worth 400 shekels of silver what is it between you and me bury your dead in other words he gave in and he said I'm going to sell it to you for a nominal price we're not going to argue you need it and I'm going to give it to you it's like let's give an example continue my example about you know I look at you and you know my property is worth 200,000 and, 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 and I look at your situation I said okay take it for 160 obviously if I can't afford it I won't do it but if I can afford it it doesn't mean that ipso facto I'm going to do it some other person may not do it so keep all this in mind to the time when you get to Uriah the Hittite who was the top general in David's army without whom David would not have succeeded and look how he deals with him and his name is much more powerful than Ephron the Hittite his name means the light of the Lord Uriah Abraham agreed with Ephron Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver which he had named in the hearing of the Hittites 400 shekels of silver according to the weights current among the merchants so the field of Ephron in Machpelah notice until now you had Ephron the Hittite now you have another long phrase it's the field of Ephron so the author is still underscoring that it is the field of Ephron in Machpelah that Ephron decided to be the securer the insurer the guarantor which was to the east of Mamre and that is a very important place because this is a term that we encountered 
early in Genesis 13, when Abraham early on set foot in the land. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.